0: Welcome to the Confluence of Ideas, the Confluence Investment Management Podcast. Today, we focus on the dollar's status as the world's reserve currency, what that means, why it might be changing, and the implications for your investments. I'm Phil Adler, your moderator, and our guest is Bill O'Grady, Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist. Bill, the dollar has for a long time held what appeared to be an unassailable status as the world's reserve currency. How did we attain this status?
1: It was a combination of treaty, network effects, and policy. The treaty that established the dollar as the reserve currency was the 1944 Bretton Woods Agreement, which established what became the free world's financial system. The world was to use the dollar for reserve purposes, but the system maintained a link to gold. A dollar holder could swap their dollars for gold at a fixed price of $35 an ounce. The network effect is something that we often see in technology. When a certain process becomes first, even if it is less than ideal, the costs of switching become so prohibitive that users tend to stay with what they have. In terms of policy, the U.S. was willing to open its financial system to flows from abroad and was also willing to have a rather open trading system, both necessary to foster the use of a currency for reserve purposes. In other words, foreigners need to acquire dollars to conduct trade and investment. To get those dollars, they need to run a trade surplus with the U.S., to hold those dollars, they need deep financial markets with a risk-free asset that they can use until they need to spend those dollars.
0: What has the dollar status meant for our economy and, in particular, our workforce?
1: Although it has probably been a net benefit, the costs and benefits have not been equally allocated. For those in the financial services industry, the reserve status is most certainly a benefit. Providing the reserve currency requires deep and broad financial markets for the foreign reserve managers to access. Establishing and maintaining that financial system provides jobs in that sector. It also allows the government to run larger fiscal deficits than it could otherwise. It gives retailers a larger supply chain that can hold down costs. On the other hand, it has been costly for import-competing industries. Steel, automakers, textile firms, furniture makers have all faced unwithering and, in many cases, unfair trade practices. This isn't because foreigners are evil. It's because they have to acquire dollars. A quick way to think about the reserve currency nation. We get to write checks. Nobody cashes. We get stuff from the world, and we give them paper in return.
0: Now, in the present, the dollar might, it appears, have some competition from the euro as a reserve currency. Uh, Europe is considering a uh, debt mutualization instrument that could have tracked foreign buyers away from U.S. bonds. Explain, Bill, the nature of what's going on here.
1: Well, as part of the pandemic response, the EU has issued or is preparing to issue a €750 billion rescue package. That spending will be funded by a mutualized bond backed by the full faith and credit of all members of the European Union. The bonds, in theory, will be funded by various EU wide taxes, including a digital tax and a carbon tax. But in reality, if the funding sources fail to fully service the debt, member nations of the EU will all contribute to paying the interest and in principal on those bonds.
0: Now, what role does the pandemic play? Is it an inflection point in a, in a trend that might have occurred anyway? Well, the
1: pandemic is a key issue. Debt mutualization has been a major stumbling block for further unifying Europe. In the early stages of the euro, investors believed that there was de facto debt mutualization. This can be seen in the tight spreads between German and Italian bond yields. But during the Great Financial Crisis, it became apparent that Berlin was not going to bail out Rome if there was trouble. And ever since then, Italian yields have traded at a premium to German yields. Germans view the mutualized bond as the equivalent of giving a wayward teenager a credit card. It took the devastation of the pandemic to change that position.
0: So would you say this fits in with the current anti-globalization trend that appears to be occurring not only in the United States, but other countries as well?
1: Perhaps another way to describe the anti-globalization movement is a leaderless world. The U.S. appears to be withdrawing from the superpower role. As that occurs, other nations are moving to fill the vacuum created. At the same time, there is rising opposition to globalization even as the U.S. withdraws. To a great extent, there are a couple reasons for that. There is a perception that the gains from globalization are not equally shared, which is probably true. But some of the gains are probably underappreciated. Socially, adapting to rapid changes from immigration and trade may be overwhelming much of the native population.
0: Bill, it looks to me like the recent decision to withdraw American troops from Germany fits this unfolding scenario exactly.
1: I think so. It confirms to Germany that it is going to have to accept a regional hegemonic role, even though it would prefer to avoid that outcome. Berlin has concluded it can't rely on Washington any longer.
0: Bill, what role has European populism played in the move toward a stronger euro and potentially a mutualized euro bond?
1: The leadership of the EU has concluded that if the southern tier of nations was not offered support, populists would gain control. They have already made inroads into Spain and Italy. Greece had a populist government for much of the crisis. In other words, without strong measures, the leadership believed it would lose the EU, hence the mutualized debt.
0: It doesn't sound uh, like the dollar's status as the world's reserve currency has really been all that positive for america wouldn't european workers be hurt if if the dollar retreats
1: well whether or not the reserve currency is good or bad for you really depends upon what you do for a living we all get lower priced imports but if these imports mean you don't have a job the benefits are hard to see and yes eu workers could see their exports become less competitive if the euro strengthens But giving up the reserve currency would reduce America's ability to execute the hegemonic role.
0: European governments might be willing to implement euro-strengthening policies, but won't it be a challenge to change the behavior of the European consumer, and in particular, the German consumer?
1: Yes, it will. Germans have a long history of viewing a trade surplus as a form of virtue. It will be hard for German households to increase consumption. But if they won't, the government can not offset that problem by running deficits.
0: One of the benefits of a strong dollar for the U.S. is that it allows us to pressure countries successfully through the use of sanctions. Maybe Europe is getting tired of this.
1: There is no doubt the world is getting tired of the U.S. weaponizing the dollar. However, up to now, no nation was willing to take all the steps necessary to replace the dollar. For example, running persistent trade deficits and having a very large financial sector. Perhaps another way of thinking about this is that if there were a viable alternative to the dollar, it isn't necessarily completely required that it replace it, but merely act as a threat to In other words, if the euro was an alternative that made the U.S. think twice about deploying sanctions surrounding the U.S. financial system, the dollar could still dominate. It would just be friendlier to users. This idea is similar to a concept called contestable markets from industrial Organization often used by monopolists to justify their positions. The monopolist says we can't act like monopolists because competitors will enter the market. If the euro was a real competitor, U.S. policymakers would have to adjust.
0: Bill, how likely is it that this transition we've been discussing will actually play out? Well,
1: there's a couple things we're watching. Uh, To sell the idea to frugal European nations, the mutualized bond was framed as a one-off due to the pandemic. However, I view this as a nose under the camel's tent situation. I am assuming this bond will be wildly popular, and once the EU sees how it can borrow easily at a modestly positive rate, they'll be inclined to do more of it. But at least initially, look for loud protestations that this will not be repeated.
0: What implications would this have for deficit spending in the U.S.? And and there's currently a lot of that going on. Wouldn't we have a harder time financing our debt? Well, all things held equal,
1: it's possible that we might. It's important to remember that the Fed can dictate the path of government funding. If the Fed wants to keep rates low, it can simply absorb more of the Treasury-issued debt. Of course, free lunches are hard to find. Eventually, inflation
0: would develop. What asset classes would benefit? if the dollar declines in value?
1: Well, precious metals, commodities, and their related equities and foreign stocks tend to benefit the most from a weaker dollar.
0: And how quickly might this happen?
1: Well, we're already seeing stronger precious metals and commodities. Foreign stocks are also showing promising signs too. The other important thing to note is dollar cycles tend to be long. From peak to peak, it tends to run 15 to 18 years. So if we're right, and the EU debt mutualization turns out to be an inflection point for the dollar, the downtrend should last several years.
0: Thank you, Bill. This has been the Confluence of Ideas, featuring Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady. For more resources, we point you to ConfluenceInvestment.com and the weekly geopolitical report dated June 29th. You can also find us on Twitter at confluenceim. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.